I do think that we've always got something to be grateful for and so much to kind of appreciate and work towards within ourselves. Hello and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador, and each week I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. This week on our podcast, we're talking to the lady who got everyone thinking about beauty from the inside out, Madeline Shaw. Madeline, a qualified nutritionist, shares her healthy recipes to millions of people across her social media platforms and in her three books. Focused on promoting the joys of a healthy lifestyle, Madeline partied a lot when she was younger and she felt great when she started to adapt healthier habits. When she began to notice the power of the food she was eating, she felt compelled to spread the message. She likes to encourage people to do the best that they can with a no-judgment approach and seeks a simple end game of feeling better in mind, body and soul. Talking all things confidence, here's Madeline Shaw. So this afternoon, we're in a gorgeous, cosy living room with a few children's toys about the place, a few cookbooks about the place, pestle and mortar at the ready. <laughs> and I am joined by Madeline Shaw. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. It's so lovely to get to um, come to someone's home. You just really get a sense of them when you get to be in their space, don't you? So it's really lovely to be able to come in. Well, you're very welcome. Oh, good. Madeline, you've been one of the interviews that so many of the IT team themselves were so excited for us to do. Um, And one of the things that I know that you really kind of champion is a get the glow philosophy. That's one of the things you're really known for. Um, So for anyone that doesn't know kind of your journey or your kind of food ethos, could you first start by talking us through that? Absolutely. So I probably have to start from the beginning to start get to from the, the end. beginning. <laughs> so I moved to Australia when I was 18. My parents are from New Zealand, but always obsessed with Australians. Um, so moved to Sydney, went to university there. And when I was living there, I had really bad IBS, which okay. is a digestive syndrome, often kind of resulting in like bloating or discomfort. Um, and I went to see a naturopath to try and figure out what was causing it. And she was like, you need to change your diet. And I thought I was really healthy. I was following what the magazines told me, low-fat yogurt, diet, bars, quite a lot of alcohol as well. (laughs) I was 18. Uh, And I had to completely change my diet to eating like a lot more plants, like incorporating more quality proteins and actually just really understanding the importance of nutrition. And I started to like look after what I was eating and then I basically ended up eating in a cafe so much they gave me a job and worked there for a few years cooking and I had always pondered like who was I going to be in life like since the age of like 14 I was always trying to figure out what I was going to do in life. I was never particularly good at anything in school apart from maths, which I never ended up using. Um, but I would ask people, I'd be like, what do you think I should do in life? And every summer holidays, I was interning at investment banks to events, to dog walking, interior design. And I feel like I've tried everything. <laughs> and that's lovely. Cause I think you figure out what you want by knowing what you don't want sometimes. A hundred percent. And I think it wasn't until I like 
got in the kitchen and started learning about nutrition and I was like I just love this like this is what I want to dedicate my life to I have no idea how I'll make any money from it and I know I don't really know what my career per se will be but I really want to do something in this space um so I set up my website and it's literally seven years ago last week um thank you which is like crazy like it feels seven years sounds like a really long time and I can so just remember the beginning like it doesn't feel that long ago um but when I started changing what I was eating in Australia and eating well and looking after myself people just kept coming up to me and saying oh you're glowing like you really look a lot healthier than you used to um and I really like the word glow because I think I've been brought up thinking that to be healthy was about being skinny or like looking a certain way and actually I think that the word glow encompasses when you look after yourself like through your exercise but also like mentally taking care of yourself physically taking care of yourself emotionally taking care of yourself you glow within you know a bit like the glowing bride like you're when you're happy you glow so I really loved that word And I moved back to London, which is where I'm from, uh, and moved in with my mum because I was like, I need someone to pay my rent (laughs) because I'm starting this new business that I don't know. And I started doing Get the Glow workshops where I would spiralize courgettes and everyone would think I was a wizard because (laughs) seven years ago I really was. And what I love, Madeline, is that you've always been really open that these were big changes for you. Like you were someone that loved having a night out and a few drinks. And I think it's a really positive way of looking at everything because I know that for you, you've always said that the side effects of these healthy changes, it wasn't like your motive was to have a goal in mind to how your body was going to look. But actually you found that some of these side effects were you know, in the mind, in your skin, in your thicker hair. There's so many things I know that you found. A hundred percent. I think, you know, when you're nourishing yourself, you feel good. So you have more energy. So I think energy was a big thing. But like you said, I think my hair growing is also to do with probably not dying as much. (laughs) Um, But I think also just like, you know, when you're nourishing yourself, you're nourishing your skin, you're nourishing your hair, you're nourishing your body, you're nourishing your brain. So like all these things do just start working more optimally. And I think I just became a bit more aware of the respect that I needed to have for my body because I think we really take our bodies for granted. We take our minds for granted. We take our lives for granted. And I kind of was like, you know what, I really want to actually put a bit more care into it. And when you started looking at things from that respect point of view, Did you find that that changed, you know, your relationship with yourself or your confidence in yourself? A hundred percent. I think I definitely didn't have a very good relationship with food as a teenager. I had like a difficult time with my parents divorcing a friend of mine passing away, sadly. And I think also, you know, even if I hadn't had those things going on, I think teenage years are difficult for everyone, even if you have the perfect family home, because you're changing as a person, you've got a lot of hormones going on. And I think you become more susceptible to things. And I think 
I grew up in the era where like being thin equals happiness, being blonde equals happiness. And that is quite a lot what the media, you know, even still today trains us to believe. Even though I was naturally slim, I think I just really wanted to be more like that. And I used food to control the turmoil of my life, but also to move towards what I thought would make me happy. And I think that a lot of people, whatever age they are, think that once they've dyed their hair, once they've lost those 5kg, they will become happy. But actually, it just doesn't work that way because then you suddenly notice your nose or yeah. your lips or your bum or I don't know, your personality. <laughs> it's an ongoing It's an journey, ongoing thing. It? So I know that you've mentioned before that at the same kind of time in your life, um, your mum and dad had split up yeah. and then you sadly lost your friend in the tsunami. tsunami yeah. They're kinds of changes that you can't foresee mm. and you can't really do anything about them. And it's there's a level of acceptance that's kind of needed. Yeah. How did you get into the mindset to, to cope with those changes? Um, I think even though my parents divorced, I have two incredible parents who have very different approaches to dealing with things. So my mum mm -hmm. is like, let's just go for a walk and get in the fresh air and just brush it off and don't worry about it. And my dad's a psychiatrist, so he's very like, let's talk about it. Let's, <laughs> let's really, what do you feel? So I feel like having a balanced approach from both of them was very helpful, even though there was difficult times around it. They both were amazing people you know, good friends as well to kind of talk through. I also saw a psychiatrist. I don't know how much that helped. I think I, not that I'm anti-psychiatry or therapy. I think I could probably help. I could cope with it better now, but I think sometimes when you're younger, you resist it and you don't open up in the same way. Yeah. And I think just time as well. I think I have always been and still am a very happy, positive person. But I think at that time of my life, I probably wasn't feeling as happy and positive. And instead of telling people that I kept it in so that I could still remain that sort of facade, but yeah. even though internally. So I think just over time, I've realized actually the way you get closer to people, the way you evolve as a person is allowing your deepest, darkest secrets and what's going on in your head, even as crazy as it is to be spoken to the people that you care about the most and for them to hear you and understand you. And even if they don't quite understand you, they're just there for you. So I think that's something that I've had to learn and grow as I've got older. And that is something that I think I really wonder about um, your one-to-ones. So obviously you're a trained nutritionist and you have some people that come to you on a kind of uh, an intimate basis mm. to learn healthier habits and, you know, make similar changes to their lifestyle that you've probably made. Um, that must be a really intimate process because there must be such a level of opening up and especially with something like food, having to say, oh, do you know what, Madeline? Like I did have a fry up this morning. <laughs> I had three glasses of wine last night. I'm just speculating, by the way, if anyone is thinking <laughs> that unhealthy girl. But how do you think those kind of experiences have shaped the way that you're able to approach those one-to-ones? Oh, that's a good question. I think that... 
you have to just have no judgment. And I think a lot, like you said, people might feel guilty coming in with what's happened. And the worst thing you can do is feel guilty or lie about it. You know, it's about honesty. And I don't think that being healthy is necessarily about eating healthily all the time, you know, and the occasional whatever it is, whatever your indulgence is, is absolutely fine to have. I think emotional relationship with food is really important. So feeling comfortable and confident with what you eat and and not feeling like it controls your life, which Mm -hmm. I think it can do. And yeah, just allowing people to have time to speak about themselves. I think a huge part of kind of seeing anyone in whatever profession is that you can indulge talking about yourself in that specific area. So I think you have to just be a good listener, um, have no judgment and really understand and grasp quite quickly the way they live their lives because for some people you can be like you need to start cooking and you need to make these recipes and for some people that's just not possible with their jobs or their lives so you need to be like actually this person needs to figure out which shop she can buy convenient like pre-made like food that is maybe not as good as cooking from scratch, but it is perfectly fine for the way in which this person lives their lives. So I think grasping the the way you can actually make changes that work for them rather than this cookie cutter approach of like, you need to have this for breakfast and this for lunch because no diet, you know, suits everyone. No. And, uh, you know, we all live life very differently and some people have more time to cook, some people don't. And we have to just be okay with that and and figure out what's right for us. And I think we're always searching for the perfect lipstick as we are searching for the perfect diet for ourselves. And there is really not one. Yeah. You just have to almost be your biggest detective what's working for you what's not it's getting colder do I need to like eat more warming foods like constantly asking these questions of course educate yourself of course get inspired by different recipes and different people but you are your best guide in knowing what's right for you it's so true that you know one of the things that I think people would fear in taking on something like a nutrition plan or anything Mm. is is it going to work I was out late last night, I'm out early this morning, whatever it is. I think that's one of the reasons people resonate with you so much is that you have an answer to, come on, it's fine. Whatever is going on in your life, we'll work around it. And I mean, the great thing between having, you know, one-to-ones with people or your YouTube videos, Mm. blog, books, whatever it is, podcast, I've been very much enjoying (laughs) actually. Thank you. You must get really emotional testaments from people because when you find this person you can open up to and that can give you the tips for these changes that work, like do any stories in particular, you don't have to name them or anything, (laughs) but does anyone stand out as like, I did a really good job with them and I was chuffed? Yeah, I think... I definitely do get lots of really lovely messages come through and you know even if it's just someone be like saying I made your recipe last night and the whole family loved it and my child doesn't normally eat vegetables like every kind of thing makes me really happy and it definitely like makes me soldier on with what I do and you know I think it's always good to have that especially when you kind of work for yourself you don't have that kind of teammate like cheering each other on so it's always good to have some good feedback but no I wouldn't say like anything stands out but just I think for me it's like hearing changes that have been made for life like 
I tried one of your recipes and now like I'm feeling like more energized in the morning or whatever it is. I think for me, like those are like the changes that I love hearing. And when I do events, the same people coming along because yeah, know, that they must want to be support lovely. me. Those sorts of things are really lovely. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and like when you do so many different things, which one do you enjoy the most? Is there an answer to that or do you enjoy that it's a bit of everything? I think what I'm understanding about myself recently is that as humans, we're like constantly evolving and changing and like what we like and what we don't. And I think I went through a phase of like loving doing events, like probably at the very beginning of my career, like I did like supper clubs and talks. And it's not that I don't still love them. I guess I just have different energies for it. So like now I'm a mom, I don't get that kind of flexibility of evenings and weekends to go and work. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the moment, I would say I'm enjoying just straight up recipe creation, making videos, making recipes. I think that the power of food and the enjoyment of food is such a wonderful thing. And I think that sometimes with healthy eating, I think we've moved on from that, but sometimes there's still that like diet culture, diet philosophy, lack of enjoyment. Oh, I've just got to eat steamed vegetables and fish. Yeah. And I really want to like move people away from that. And I would say that's the thing I enjoy the most, but I actually love all aspects. I love my podcast. I love speaking to different people. Yeah. I really enjoy my job actually. And I feel very lucky to to do it. (laughs) And, you know, say you just touched on there, some of the kind of preconceptions about food or healthy eating, Mm. or you just think it's these steamed vegetables or everything else else what are some of the most common misconceptions you think that people come to you with time and time again or what are the myths that you really enjoy kind of debunking to go on this healthier journey I feel like the first one we've slightly touched on is like if I have a kebab and 10 pints of beer everything that I did before has kind of disappeared it was for nothing And it just doesn't work that way, you know, just because you had a blowout on the weekend or whatever, whatever you consider as falling off the wagon because everyone is different. It doesn't mean that it gets cancelled. I think that life is a constant state of flux of balance of sometimes we're eating better, sometimes we're not eating as well. And that's just the way it is because not every day is the same. No. And, you know, our moods are different, especially for women, you know, we have like cycles where it's been proven that we crave certain foods and comforts during our cycles. So we have to be really, really kind to ourselves. So I think the most important thing is it's not about eating well every day. 80%, 70% of the time, whatever your percentage is, is absolutely perfect and don't strive for perfection. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second myth that I would bust would be like it's not about cutting out it's about crowding in so don't try and cut out gluten cut out dairy cut out sugar cut out carbs cut out I'm trying to think of all the different things that everyone cuts out you know I'm off this rather go okay I'm going to try and eat three portions of fruit four portions of vegetables today and maybe that's adding fruit into your porridge in the morning or your smoothie or at lunchtime you're like looking for the salad that has the most variety or if you're pre-making something or you're making a curry in the evening and you're gonna like add an extra ingredient in so 
constantly be like thinking about crowding in goodness, not cutting out because it will have a positive, you know, effect on you because you won't, the minute you say to yourself, I'm not going to have chocolate, you're literally, you're like, give me that chocolate yeah, right now. It's and all I want. I want the big bar, yeah. not the little one, <laughs> you know? So yeah. we've got that sort of naughty teenager inside ourselves when it comes to food where we rebel. And I think the more we say no, we, we kind of start wanting it even more. So if you don't say to yourself, you say everything is on limits, you know, yes, chocolate's fine. Yes, alcohol's fine, but just don't go crazy on it. You know, yeah. I think when you sort of restrict yourself you often end up binging yeah so I think it's about having a good balance approach um so that would be another myth that I would want to bust and my final one I don't know if it's a myth but I would just say like water is, is your the, friend it's just the thing that we're probably not having enough of and often we think we're really hungry or we're tired and we eat something and it doesn't satisfy us. And then we drink a glass of water and we're like, oh, you know, that was actually what my body needed. And I think it's not just about water. It's about listening. Like, what does my body need right now? Mm-hmm. Am I am I really hungry? Do I really need like another coffee or another donut? Or am I just a bit tired and maybe actually just relaxing for 10 minutes, listening to some music or going for a walk outside in nature? Maybe that will nourish me more than picking up something else. You know, sometimes, yes, maybe the donut is the right thing to eat. Absolutely enjoy it. Don't ever feel like you should feel guilt around it. But actually, sometimes it's about listening to your body and and knowing that if you're tired, maybe you need to reassess how you're sleeping yeah you know if you're lacking energy all the time maybe you're not got enough iron in your diet maybe you know you need to supplement or you need to be adding certain things in but I think often we equate lack of energy tiredness anything with like coffee and sugar (laughs) absolutely and that is not necessarily the best thing because it works for half an hour an hour but then we're feeling rubbish afterwards wow you know, so much of what you've said there is kind of about listening to your mind, your body, Mm. reacting to that. I'm just really curious when you do such a a public facing job in environment where there's social media and so many different opinions flying Mm. around, how do you kind of stay inside your own head and zen and block out any of the other noise? I think I have to set a lot of boundaries with myself. So I've gone through phases of like loving social media, phases of hating it and like not wanting to be on it. And I think you're right. There is so much noise, especially around nutrition. So I think I sort of will put, you know, specific times for being on social media and not. I always like turn my phone off in the evenings and don't look at it until the morning. I don't sleep with it in my room. I have an alarm clock. I know. Wow, this is how amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what is an alarm clock? Um, Do you know the irony though is it's been so interesting putting this podcast together. Some of the people that do really social media focused roles mm. are the people that have these behaviours and actually yeah. it's people with very healthy, as you say, boundaries with that world that seem to actually conquer it the best out of everyone. I think you have to because 
as amazing as social media is, let's be honest, like you get in a spiral of comparing yourself to others, whether it's yeah. like you're not as far enough in your career, um, you're not as beautiful as that model on the beach you're not doing as much as that person traveling to India or whatever whatever it is it can it can trigger you and it can be information overload with like what you should be eating what you should be buying you should be shopping this and you know it's just overwhelming and yeah. I think obviously it's amazing and if we've got our key people that we love following and we love experiencing and that I get so much out of social media all the time but only in small doses. And I think it's about being, um, it's about being conscious. I mean, it's about being like, I'm going in and I'm going to go have a look at this. And in 20 minutes or whatever it is, I'm going to switch it off. And I think we have to be really disciplined with ourselves. Yeah. And I think I've had to learn it, but you know, I have been doing it for a long time and I've definitely had lots of time where I've been looking at Instagram until I've fallen to sleep but I know that that affects my sleep that affects the next day yeah. and keep going back to the sort of like knowing your body knowing what works for you constantly reassessing like your lifestyle habits and I think maybe three four years ago when I would have an interview like this, people would be like, what food should I be eating? What diet should I be having? And I'd spiel off like chia seeds, <laughs> omega-3s, eggs, <sighs> salmon. And like now I've come to this point as I've gotten older and learned more that like there aren't these magic foods, there aren't these magic fixes. Like there are obviously like tweaks that we can be doing and things we can be adding in, but actually it's like that connection to ourselves and listening to ourselves and you know, knowing that like there are so many different pieces to the puzzle to make you feel healthy, like movement, nutrition, but also like your mental health, you know, your emotional connection to people and things like that are also equally important. So if I was to say, okay, you've got a week off, you're not allowed to do any well you can you can be as healthy or unhealthy as you want but you can't rely on those things yeah. to bring you happiness to bring you joy to bring you the glow you've got to get them from elsewhere mm -hmm. what are the kind of things or who are the people that just fill you with that joy so the things that bring me a lot of confidence the first thing is positive affirmations that's something that I do every day <gasps> I wake up in the morning and something that me and my boyfriend do, it's quite recent, but we love it, is we say something we appreciate about, about each other. So it can be anything and it has to be different every day. And you say it whenever you want or whenever you feel. But I think feeling appreciated, especially by the person that supposedly, hopefully, loves you the most yeah. in the world. I think it's a really beautiful thing. And, it, and it's just as nice giving it as it is receiving it. Yeah. So that's uh, a ritual. And then I always say daily affirmations of like... Anything that I feel like I need, whether it's like you are going to have a great day, like money falls effortlessly into your account. That's what I say quite a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I might like think about the day I'll be like, I'm going to do the podcast today and I'm going to, it's going to go really well and I'm going to feel great during it. Or like any like encounter, like I'll talk to myself about how it's going to go or anything that I feel like I need, like I'm feeling energized today. I'm feeling loved today. I'm feeling smart today or whatever it is. I'll just repeat to myself and then I'll 
list everything I'm grateful for as well. So this is kind of my like morning, like the alarm clock's going off. I'm kind of like in bed. I'm just like thinking these things over. And those things are really, really helpful for me to like, especially that morning mindset. I think it's like this really special sort of sparkly bit. And I think the worst thing you can do is go and open up your email and be like, oh my God, I've got to do like these a million things. So I like feel like easing into the morning like really helps me feel good throughout the day um the other things that make me feel confident are just spending time with people that really care about me I think I'm don't have like a huge group of friends I have lots of like really like special people that I like adore and like when I see them I mainly do like quite a lot of one-on-ones I think with friends because I've got Mm -hmm. friends from lots of different places places. yeah especially because I didn't go to uni here so I don't have like that uni crew that lots of people have yeah just spending one-on-one time with them like phones down that's really important to me and like connecting with them and understanding what's going on for them having those like deep conversations and feeling purposeful with my responses so like yeah not playing the role they want me to but giving them what they need as a friend that definitely makes me feel confident within who I am yeah and then like probably motherhood has been a huge part of confidence for me like I didn't really know what mother I was going to be but I think the more I like learn about parenting and I'm really big into reading about like positive parenting and like yeah Danish parenting because they're so happy over there so yeah <laughs> it's good to learn from them and yeah I I feel more and more confident as a mum just from like learning, you know, how to do it from literally just doing it. Um, and I think because my son's two now, I get a lot of feedback and cuddles and things like that. So oh, yeah. I know, I hopefully know it's going well. So I feel really, yeah, I feel really confident just being with him. Nature for me is a big thing. So like, I love nothing more than walking by myself in like a forest where like I can't see anyone it might be like in London and there's probably a car like (laughs) a few streets over but if there's a moment where I can't see anyone or any form of like sort of you know industrialness um I just really enjoy being in nature it makes me feel peaceful and calm and I don't know there's something invigorating about really feeling alone I sometimes get scared being alone like I've always since I was little mainly at night time but I don't know what it is sometimes just being alone in the quietness there is something quite liberating about it absolutely and I think being comfortable to be alone yes absolutely but I think it makes sense that if you have these behaviors and rituals like making a list of things you're grateful for or saying the affirmations then you are just going to feel great in your own skin because that the power is in you to make that decision and make that call isn't it Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big one on like manifestation and, you know, obviously not just saying it to yourself and wishing it will come, obviously taking action too. But I do think that like, if you have good intentions in life, things hopefully will go your way. And I think you're also one of those people that people feel comfortable to come to for guidance or suggestions, because a lot of people that kind of find you and want to go on a healthier journey with you, just know that you'll point them in the right direction I suppose so habits aside when it comes to that kind of inner confidence what would you say to someone listening that just 
wants to take a few simple steps to feel a bit more confident in themselves? I'd say the first one is affirmations I think they're so powerful and like at first you may feel stupid saying them and you may not actually really believe them but if you constantly take five things that you want to work on within yourself and positively say them about yourself so for example if you're wanting to be more confident you can say I am confident if you are wanting to be you know you don't particularly think you're beautiful you can say I am beautiful like whatever it is you're working on say it positively because you will start to believe it so I would definitely say that's one I would say the second one is to just be yourself like if you're trying to wear particular different clothes or you know style yourself because you think that that's what other people will like you're never going to feel confident in it because you know when you try on a a new fashion style and you're like this is just not me (laughs) you know and you feel awkward in it even though all the other people are wearing and they look wicked in it you know you just dress how you like speak how you like act exactly what feels true to you don't try and conform to other people because you will be confident in that Mm um I know that most people aren't confident within themselves if they're walking into a room they're going to a meeting they're going to a party you know they might perceive to be confident but they might be dying on the inside or feeling incredibly insecure so I think it's really important to know that like you're not alone in your thoughts probably someone else is thinking the same thing as you and actually if you can show yourself some kindness and be kind to yourself and allow yourself to feel what you feel and be okay with it and be kind you will allow that ripple effect for other people it's so true we had um an it team member conference last week and everyone was set this task to write down what they were insecure about put it in a bowl at the front and then we would talk about what was in the bowl at the end it was all like an anonymous activity and it was my job to go through the bowls (laughs) I've never seen anything like it in a room of 150 people it was probably the same seven insecurities that just and they kept coming up I'm not happy with my way I'm not happy with how I look I don't have confidence in my decisions I don't have confidence in myself and we need to remember that we all think everyone else has got their life figured out and that we're the only one that hasn't and actually we're all in that same headspace a hundred percent and I think you might hear it today and then in a few weeks forget it but just keep reminding yourself like every day about it because I think no one has got it figured out and like there's a great quote from Jim Carrey and he goes I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer and I think it's such a great quote to really think about because I think we're always striving for that beauty, that money, that confidence or whatever it is that we're kind of working towards. But actually, when you get there, it might not be all that you thought it would be. And I think that actually it's just constantly trying to be happy in the moment, enjoy what you have, appreciate it all, because I do think that we've always got something to be grateful for and so much to kind of appreciate and work towards within ourselves yeah it does it absolutely does just as one last kind of musing is there like a moment that you can think of where 
an affirmation really helped you to get out of a bad place or a memory of like a powerful turnaround? I have a memory of a powerful um, words of wisdom yeah. from a friend. So yeah. as I was leaving Sydney in 2013, 2013, I had a leaving party. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. And my friends came. <laughs> One friend of mine who's a yoga teacher I said to him, you know, I want to set up a food blog and I want to get into like nutrition, but there's so many people doing what I'm doing already. And I'm really worried that like, you know, no one will care. And my friend said to me, there is only one you and you will do something different that no one else will in the world. And even though that was over seven years ago, I literally remember that quote and I tell it to myself all the time. And it was like the most powerful thing. And I think if you hadn't said that to me, would have I done my business? Because it really made me be like, yeah, I will. And I think to myself of my career and the things that I've done is so different to all those people that I looked at at the beginning thinking they're amazing and yeah. what they've done, I'll never be able to achieve. And, you know, maybe I haven't quite done exactly what they've done, but I've done lots of great things in different ways. And I think that whatever that thing is that you know, is stopping you from achieving your dreams or going into like whatever you want to do. You just can't let that thought that someone else is doing it stop you. And I I have to remind myself all the time because that like fear creeps in all the time. And I think fear is really powerful and it moves in different ways. So I think I always kind of come back to it all the time. Does he know the impact that that moment had on you? I mean, if he followed me at all, he would probably would because I probably ring it up like all the time. And he's like, just shut up. But um, I feel like he's quite a spiritual guy and he'll, he would appreciate it, but wouldn't need to indulge in it too much. <laughs> Well, I think those words of advice worked out pretty well. I mean, look how well <laughs> things turned out. Well, thank you. That's really kind. Um, if someone wants to keep up with you, mm-hmm. where can they find you and what can they expect to immerse themselves in when they find you, Madeline? So probably the most active account I'm on is Instagram, which mm-hmm. is Madeline underscore Shaw underscore. Well, thank you so much for letting us come round today. You. It's been so lovely and we will look forward to keeping up with what comes next. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening and if you liked this episode please subscribe and leave a review you can find us on social media at it cosmetics on facebook it cosmetics uki on instagram and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk thank you for joining us we'll talk to you soon